Life Audio. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus for Kids podcast. Do you ever feel like you want to know more about the Bible, but that it's kind of hard to understand? Do you want to share your faith with your friends, but have a hard time figuring out how to do that? Do you want to learn how to connect the Bible to your real life? Well, then this is the show for you. My name is Rachel, and I'm your host. I've been a children's pastor for a long time, and one of my favorite things is helping kids learn how to understand the Bible. I think that sometimes people think that the Bible is just for adults, but God actually really wants kids to know about Him. So on this podcast, we're going to learn all about God's big story and how He shows Himself to us through the Bible. As we learn together what the Bible stories actually mean, we can learn how to live out our faith in our everyday life. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus for Kids podcast. I'm your host, Rachel. Have you ever played with Silly Putty before? Silly Putty kind of feels like Play-Doh, but it's thicker and it has a pretty special characteristic. One of my favorite things to do is to use it with a piece of newspaper. The thing about Silly Putty is, is you can press it down onto the newspaper, and when you pick it up, all the words will be on the Silly Putty. You know, I think about that when I think about Jesus being on the cross. Just like the Silly Putty takes on the words onto itself, it's kind of that way when we think about how Jesus took on our sins onto himself when he died on the cross. That's what we're talking about today, is how Jesus took our sin with him onto the cross. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 27, starting at verse 11. It says, Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Why do you think Pilate asked Jesus if he was the king of the Jews? If Jesus was a king, he might have tried to take over the country and fight the Romans. And Pilate can't let Jesus start a war against the Romans because Pilate works for the Roman government. Why did Jesus say that he was king of the Jews? Well, Jesus is the descendant of King David, which means that he is the rightful king. Jesus is also God, so he is the king of everything. Let's keep reading verse 12. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. When Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they're bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even a single charge to the great amazement of the governor. Why didn't Jesus answer any more of Pilate's questions? Well, Jesus didn't want to defend himself. He knew he was supposed to let Pilate crucify him so that he could die for our sins. Let's read verse 15. It says, now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him a message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. 
Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It's your responsibility. All the people answered, His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff on his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and they took a staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you were the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Wow. When Jesus was on the cross, why do you think he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, Jesus had taken all the sins of everyone in the whole world. He had to take our sins on himself so that he could take away our sins for us and save us. But having all those sins on him meant that God couldn't be with him. See, when we have sin in our lives, God can't be next to us because God can't be around sin. He's holy. So if we ask for forgiveness and stop doing the bad things, then God can be with us again. Let's keep reading. Verse 47, it says, When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of their tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, 
Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite of the tomb. I know this is a hard story to listen to, but I think it's really important that we understand that Jesus took our place on the cross. The punishment that we deserved, he took on. He loved us so much that he did not deserve it, but he did, out of obedience to God, go to the cross so that we could be around God and have a relationship with God and be with him forever in heaven. So as we think about what that means, let us remember how much Jesus loves us, even enough to suffer and die for us. That is an incredible amount of love. But it's not the end of the story. Come back tomorrow to hear the good news of what happens next. Let's pray. God, we recognize that it was our sin that put Jesus on the cross. We recognize that we were the ones that deserved to be punished for our sin. But yet the perfect King Jesus took on that punishment for us. God, help us to remember that. Help us to remember that you love us so much that your rescue plan was that for Jesus to take on our punishment. God, we thank you. We thank you that we didn't have to suffer that punishment. And we thank you for the love of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Okay, friends, don't forget to come back tomorrow to hear the rest of the story. Friends, thanks for listening to the Hearing Jesus for Kids podcast. If you like today's show, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. That's the number one way you can support this show. If you're wanting to dive a little bit deeper, you can also join our Patreon community to get our family discussion guides, join our private discussion groups, and have access to bonus content and additional resources every month. Hey, I'm praying for you today. Know that you are so loved.